Hi guys, welcome to Wandering Into the Woods, a podcast brought to you by the creators of Adventures with BG. I'm Linda. And this is Jarrett. And today we're going to be talking to you guys about our trip, our first day um, on the Salkantai Santa Teresa trek. So last time we spoke to you, we told you that we had an orientation the night before we took off the next day, early on the next day. Um, Jared and I had been staying at this hotel called Rumi Punko mm-hmm. um, in Cusco. And uh, Jared, do you want to rave about them right now? It was a very uh, cool place. It's like an, I don't know, it's reformatted to be a hotel, but it's got like original walls and stuff like that. So it's definitely a cool hotel. It's only a three-star. Oh, man, they felt a lot nicer than a three-star. Yeah, I mean, it was very nice. I mean, I think part of the three-star rating is that your bedroom was just about the size of the bed. So mm. I think that has something to do with like the accommodation. Right. But, I mean, for what we were doing, that's all we needed was a bed and a bathroom. It's not like we needed a whole lot of extra space. And they had great food for breakfast as well. They did. Uh, that may have also been part of the rating is they only have, like, they have real people cook for you, but it's continental style, so you get, like, an omelet or eggs, but everything else is continental. So that may be part of why, because they don't have a restaurant or a bar. Yeah, it's continental, part of the rating. but it was still amazing. Yeah. I mean, they fresh-cooked omelets or eggs for you. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. That's what it is. There's no bar or restaurant inside of the hotel. You'll have to go out onto the town to eat. Across the street. Because no. that's pretty much what we had to do sometimes. <laughs> well, I mean, when I think about across the street, there was just hotels on the other side too. So yeah. you actually had to go into town somewhere mm-hmm. closer to one of the plazas. But yeah, just a three-star. But I really liked it. Uh, they also had like a massage place. We didn't get a chance to try that out. We didn't. But if you want to, uh-huh. you can you can do that too. But yeah, overall, they were really helpful. You know, they had cash. Um, to exchange when a lot of the um, cambio houses, or I don't know if that's what they're called there. Yeah. Are they? I think so. Yeah, the change houses will not take your bills if they have rips, if they're too wrinkled because they're scared of the banks. But the hotel there was always like, oh, yeah, we'll take your money and we'll get you. And at a better rate, right? I think I remember you telling me that. Um, that you were getting a better rate through them. Better than some, but like very similar to what like an actual bank would have given us. So the okay. rate was good. So they were they were there to look out for you. Mm-hmm. And help you get, you know, the cash you needed for the local economy. Yeah. So shout out to Rumi Punko. Um, actually, we left our bags there, even though we couldn't even stay there mm-hmm. um, for when we returned. Uh, they, they because like Jared and I said, told you before, we booked up only a month in, in advance. Yeah. So they were, uh, they were they, booked up. So they up. were booked up for our return. So. Yeah. So we had to go somewhere else. But they were totally cool with holding our bag because we'd stayed there, I don't know what, like five days already or yeah. three or four. Yeah. So they so. were they were really accommodating, really helpful, and so um so that morning we I don't know I just remember we woke up really early, Jared, and mm-hmm. do you, do you want to talk about how we uh, on our trek over to the plaza and our first like uh, confusion as we were there? Sure, I just remember waking up really early. I don't know what time we had to be picked up. Was it like five or something? Something yeah, really early. So we got up even earlier than that. Did we buy something for food before we left, like no. our own snacks? No, I, I mean, thought we, we, probably, had we probably had snacks with us from the night before. Yeah, I thought we bought some snacks because I got like some Pisco and you got some wine. <laughs> Those were not our snacks. But I know, got but I thought we got them with our snack <laughs> Yeah, at that little convenience store. So I think we had a snack mm-hmm. and then we left to the plaza. We were like the first ones there. Mm-hmm. So I remember us like walking around all the corners looking for people because, you know, you try and find like people for safety because there's always safety in numbers. 
So we ended up finding, I think, Marie. Not that Cusco is in any way like dangerous or no, no, like no, no. it was so quiet and peaceful. It was, but safety in numbers and finding out where you need to be. So right. if you find someone else standing around looking for what you are, chances are you're in the right spot. So going right. off with that mentality. I think, was it Marie was the first one that we found? I don't remember. I remember running across our um, French-Canadian. Was it the French-Canadians? Yeah. So someone, someone was there. Yeah. And... We ended up standing by them, and the group got larger, and more people started showing up, and apparently they were picking up both the Salkantai and the Inca Trail people at the same time. Mm-hmm. And so eventually, uh, a bus showed up, a, a real big one, um, and in the slideshow the night before, they talked about, you're going to have these great accommodations, and you're going to get oxygen masks on your way up to help you acclimate. And so this big like travel bus shows up, we're like, oh yeah, that's ours, and so people tried to get on, and they were like, no, Inca Trail only. Right. And so they eventually all got there and took off, and then it was just left with us and the Salkin Tai. And our van eventually showed up, and it was just a small van, like slightly larger, like one of those really short buses, but right. slightly bigger than a 15-person um, van. So that's so not left. as fancy. So no. I, I don't know if they market. I, I don't know. Basically, I'm a little question. – I'm questioning the ethics. They market it to, to yeah. people it was a weird- that – that everybody's going to get these nice fancy travel buses and not that we mind we i think jared and i would have felt a lot better if we had just been told ahead of time you're going to ride yeah, in definitely. a van it wasn't a big deal yeah. riding in the van we'd been there enough days and i felt acclimated at that point and right linda was, even after her incident after rainbow mountain i think felt acclimated at yeah that level but it was just like oh okay this is the van this is the bus we're getting because that's what's in the slideshow so it would have been nice if they were more clear about this is what you're actually gonna get i know it's easy to have one generic slideshow, mm-hmm. but it would have, you know, just been a good thing to have. Like, you're actually going to be in the small bus or be like, usually Inca Trail gets this, but most likely you'll get that if there was just some like separation and what the accommodations would have actually been instead of just saying, hyping their best. Right. And I kind of feel like our guide would have told us, except the guides apparently or seem to be contractors. Yeah, they're contractors. So they just so, get picked up. So they, yeah, they just get picked up. And so I'm not sure that our guide even knew yeah. the, about the different buses um, or, or accommodations. And not only that, but I don't know how much they're allowed to talk about things of that nature. Yeah. But and, overall, that's just a small knock on uh, Llama Path. Like overall, a great company. That was just one of the very minor complaints. It was, it was, I think for us, I, and then why it stands out is because we were, you're we at the beginning of it, you're out in a foreign country, it's really early in the morning, and then you're like, wait a minute, this is not what I was told, is the rest of the trip not going to be as I yeah. was told? And and so that's why I think it stayed marked in our, in our memories. Maybe. But yeah, overall, just a small knock, like great company overall, just wish they would have been a little more upfront in the accommodations, but then I guess going back to the trip. Yeah. So we didn't start the hike right away after being picked up. Obviously, there was a ride um, over to a starting point or not even. We paused on the way to our starting point in a town called Moyapata. Mm-hmm. And in that town is where we had breakfast. And this part, although planned, is not um, the cost of breakfast is not included with the package. Nope. You'll need cash. Yeah, so make sure you have cash for this part of the trip. It was really good, delicious. So what, like nine or twelve sole? Yeah, it's it not was expensive, but not, just make sure you've got a twenty or something. Yeah, and, and preferably probably smaller bills so that you can pay appropriately and also tip um, however you deem appropriate. 
Um, and after that, we rode to this town. But let's go back to breakfast. Okay. So there was, if you remember, there was a couple of options. I don't remember, so please um, yeah. r- remind me. There was like three options. There was like one where you just got like fruit and uh-huh. yogurt and cereal. And then the second option, I think, added eggs. Okay. And maybe the third one had some meat. And I don't remember. I just remember the first two because like you got the basic one and I got the middle one. Mm-hmm. So I got some eggs and you just had like cereal and some fruit. Yeah. So that's that's all I remember. I don't remember the full menu, but there are a couple of options for different prices. Right. And I think they definitely had coffee and also coca tea. Yeah, and chocolate, I think. Did they have chocolate? I want to say they did. I don't think we had chocolate until we started doing the trek. All right. Well, then it, it was a good breakfast. And at that point, we were at 2,900 meters or 9,514 feet. So what is that, like Cusco height? I have no idea. Yeah, I think that's around Cusco. You're you're asking a Brownsville girl from below sea level, so I don't know. Okay. <laughs> um, and then the the next the next part of the road trip was to this town called Marco Casa, and that's at three thousand two hundred and fifty meters or ten thousand five hundred feet. And you stop at a a pretty plaza. It's got like a little park in the middle. Uh, but mainly, what you stop there is it's your last chance. Mm-hmm. To get any of the supplies you think you're going to need. So if your sleeping bag somehow disappears, you can get them there. I think things are pretty pricey because, you know. It's your last chance. Last chance. Tourist town is not really the things that Peruvians probably normally carry. So there's a price increase just because of, you know, it's exotic equipment. But yeah, so it's your last chance. You get the chance to walk around. And there's also some like basic tourist stuff. Like you can get scarves and I'm sure trinkets. Probably not the best time to get it because then you have to carry it on your trek if you're going to send it back to people. Right. You know, so try and get it on the back end instead of the front end and carry it. Or, I mean, if you've got pounds left in your bag, I guess you could store it if you've got the space. But, you know, probably want to save it. With the scarf. I just got a scarf there. I thought you ended up wearing it some. I did at the beginning. That's why we got it because I, I was cold and I had already put most of my stuff for or a lot of my stuff over with the the porters were carrying it. Yeah. And so it was just easier for me to buy a scarf there and uh, have it as it because it was easy for me to put on and also put back in, mm-hmm. into my backpack. That's small, but like trinkets that you yeah. wanted to send back to your parents or siblings oh, no, no. or stupid others. Yeah, not something I'd recommend at this place unless right. you just had to. And then after that, we move on to the very small village of Chaya Cancha. Right, Chaya Cancha. And so it's not, I mean, there may have been more village. But the area where they drop you off is just kind of the decided start point for the Salkantai. I think village is the more appropriate term to use because it's really just a set of like small settlement houses, right? Or, yeah, a couple know. of small houses and some horses. It's really yeah. just like a staging point. And I'm sure some people actually live there full time, but it's mostly in support of the trail. Right. Unless there was an area, like this was the outskirts of the village. Could be. You know, and but, you know, really small village and mostly just in support of the Salkantai itself. But that doesn't mean that's the only part of the village. It's just what we saw. And we just had um, a small lunch, like sandwiches or, or pre-prepared lunch, basically. There, Our porters um, yeah. gave us our sandwiches, which were del- always delicious, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we actually, like, I think we got some leftovers, too, to snack on later. If I remember, I remember, I at, some remember. Bi- I remember some, at some point at a restroom stop, like, uh, while everybody else was going to the restroom, I was just eating a sandwich or something, so. Maybe. Maybe um, you didn't eat your sandwich. Yeah. So, um, and then we, from that, that was our starting point, right? Yes. A- and so, 
it feels steep right right away. It, yeah, it does start pretty steep in some yeah. of the spots. I remember thinking, what the heck did I get myself into um, through those first couple of, of steps, that first hour or so. Um, Jared, what, what else do you remember from this? I remember it feeling hours? much later in the day than it was. I mean, because right? we went from like super dark to to sun up, but I don't think it was like overall that late in the day. It no. just kind of felt like it. No. Especially and- considering you had like another 10 miles to walk. So it couldn't have been that late because that's quite a bit of miles to walk with 400 foot elevation change or something. So, yeah, but it, I guess it just also messed with us that we woke up so early that morning yeah, definitely. as well. So, we had probably been up for at least six hours at that point. Yeah. Well, I napped in the van. So, yeah. Being up I is relative. Did too. Yeah. So, we um, go over and basically you end up hiking um, most, like Jared said, uh, I think, is it 10 miles that day? Yeah. Um, there is a restroom stop somewhere in there. I don't remember the exact point. Um, and I think that was the last time we saw actual restrooms. Maybe. I don't know. Before. I took a couple of restroom stops, I remember. But okay, as a man, it's easier. Yeah. Any bush is my restroom stop. Exactly. So as a, as a woman, from what I remember that day, that was there was like one formal restroom Maybe. place. I don't remember. Um, and then we... Um, but like to Jared's point as well, and like for women as well, make sure that um, a good idea, something to take with you is that, uh, what do you call it? The biodegradable toilet paper, um, something just in case for, especially for us women, if you have to go out in the middle of nowhere, mm. um, that's something that, that you can carry with you, um, as well as your hand sanitizer. Yeah. Um, and then. But going back. Uh huh. So, you know, with the first starting and being in a new group. There was definitely some like obligatory like stop and talk and take a couple of group pictures at some scenic points. I don't know if you remember that. I don't regret doing that. Yeah. And I, I and I have them um I have them posted on our Adventures with BG website yeah. and we'll probably be posting some on our Facebook and Instagram as well. But um I didn't remember it until I started going through mm-hmm. our albums and but our guy did such a good job of choosing the spots because yeah. you you see the you see the Sakantai Mountain in the background. You see all this greenery and beautiful, like spring-like weather around you, but behind you is this ice cap mountain. Yeah, glacier, so, I believe. Yeah, so um, it was just really a really good spot. Yeah. It, so it's not just you know socializing. If you're like antisocial or an introvert, it, don't think of it as just oh, this is where I'm being forced to socialize. But it is. But it. it they I don't want mind. your team to gel some if you if I don't, you know anything about business and you go through the yeah. foreman, norman, and storming and all that. So kind it's of, definitely the forming phase and they're they're forcing you to take pictures so that you'll gel some and hopefully become friends and stay together because it makes it so much easier for a guide <laughs> if you guys stay together and are nice to each other. You know, I had never thought of I hadn't looked at it from mm-hmm. the business perspective. Yep, definitely. I was looking at it from the tour tourist oh, perspective and I, I, you know, it's, it's, it's pushing you outside your comfort zone. It's already pushing me outside of my comfort zone to be hiking like this as it is. And, um, but, uh, but then also meeting all these new people and we don't know each other very well. So yeah, it it was, it was a good experience. Um, but independently at the very least, just think of it as I'll get to take a great picture here. Definitely. Yeah. And, um, so from there, so yeah, we, we continue on our hike, like we said, only one Formal restroom. We also break, saw the South American version of blue bonnets. So if you're from Texas and you're oh, yeah, crazy yeah, yeah. about blue bonnets, they don't grow in big fields like this. They're a much bigger plant. 
mm-hmm. and hardier, but there are South American blue bonnets out there. So get excited about that. Anything else? What what else stands out to you about this first first part of the track? Um, I remember you being all worried because at the very first part, before we got to the flatter area, we walked along the aqueduct. Uh-huh. We were super worried. Because it was so sharp, the height, the incline was so sharp at yeah. that point. So for for the first thirty minutes or an hour, it's pretty steep, but then it levels out as you get to the aqueduct. Yeah, so, so that's why I was that. worried because I was like, I don't know how I'm gonna like if I can keep doing this for four days, and I, I was kind of like freaking out a little at that point. So that's one thing. I remember butterflies too. So there mm-hmm. were flowers up there, the blue bonnets and stuff, and I remember there being butterflies around and things. Cows. Cows. Yeah. Do you we, remember cows? Yes. I don't remember. There's cows. a lot of farmers out there. Or at um, least several far- farmers out there. I would we think did. that it's too high for cows and goats and sheep. Nope. And we walked into cows. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was nice. I didn't mind. Uh, it, was, it was good. Um, so it because it feels like so spring-like, so yeah, like paradise-like in a way. Yeah. And then once you get up the steep incline, um, I mean, you still are going up for a lot of the day, but it's not quite as drastic. And you walk walk along trails that parallel like a stream slash aqueduct. And it was original Inca, but it's been improved in some sections by the locals there. You know, I'm sure it's how they all get their livestock water and how they, you know, irrigate their farms. Um, And so that's what a big chunk of that day is until you get further in. So like we've discussed, you're seeing a lot of paradise-like landscapes. You see immense valleys mountains as you're going on this first part of the trip um and you're doing about 10 miles so we finally arrived in the afternoon i love the aqueduct mention that again okay it's so cool please tell us about the aqueduct that's it it's just an aqueduct that you hike along and you can like step over it a couple of times Uh i just thought it was cool i mean i like running water so yeah no that that, so that we did that was a really nice part of the hike. Yeah. And if you had a filter, I guess you could filter water out of it if you needed it too. Mm-hmm. And then, so once we arrived, uh, our campsite for that night was going to, or it was Soraipampa. Mm-hmm. You know one thing I remembered about it? What? That sprinkler's going. Huh. I don't remember that. Yeah, that sprinkler's going. So the grass is nice and lush where we camped. Yeah. And, and because <laughs> in that area, and I posted some of that in our in our, um, in our our little uh in our uh, website on Adventures with Fiji, the picture is, yeah, you see like this kind of like completely opposite of what we had been seeing through our hike. It's very dry um, terrain, very, uh, like very, it's just dirt. It was more than that. There was, I mean, the I mean, trail obviously was, you're seeing the mountains. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, no, shrubs no. around us and stuff. And I'm just saying like, that's my, impre- that was my impression when I arrived at this campsite itself oh. at Soraipampa. Yeah. And, and it and it looks in the picture, I think you, you captured it quite well that you're seeing mostly green around you, but this campsite for some reason or another, it's mostly um like dirt. Mm-hmm. And and um and so it was an interesting sight to see like you're seeing just right before you is all this dirt, but around that dirt is a bunch of green and mountains. Yeah. And so Sorai Pampa, I don't know if it's a village, what it is technically. Mm-hmm. But it's a huge area for all the tourists coming through. So there's different like eco lodges, plywood hotels that you can stay in, and just campsites in general. So I'm wondering too if maybe the the reason there's dirt and all that stuff is just humans going through it. Probably, and then they green up their areas around like their specific own little turfs where mm-hmm. they to impress Americans and like Europeans. Like, look at all this lush grass. Right. So it is fertile, uh, fertile soil. Hmm. 
But they um, go out of their way to make it look overly appealing. So when we arrived there, actually at our campsite, we were um, surprised to see that our porters had not only been ahead of us the whole time, but basically had already set up ev- almost everything for us, our tents. Yep. And they had some snacks ready for us as well. If I remember correctly, I think uh, Roger said that they could actually drive further. Oh, okay. And so they had driven ahead of us. Okay. So I think they may have been like able actually to drive into Sura Bumpai. Okay. Like they could just drive straight up and unload everything. So yeah, and I felt like such a like VIP because we got there, our tents were set up. Mm-hmm. Um, they had set up the the foam mattresses for our sleeping bags, and they even have like hot like a hot water bowl waiting for you outside your your tent. Did we get that already? Yeah. Oh, okay. They they were setting them up as we were got there with towels and stuff, and so oh, that's right. So you have a chance to kind of like do a little bit of a wash up. Um, from your hike, and then you get to have some awesome snacks again, and and then you know I was I was ready to call it a day, um, and not do the extra hike to Lake Umantai. I was just like I survived for the day. I'm done. Yeah. But but going back, you mentioned it real quick. But Umantai is a glacier-fed lake. Uh, it's so beautiful. Well, that's what I want to talk about. Like yeah. like basically everybody was talking about how beautiful this lake was. And at that, while we were there, and everybody was going, I think the 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 our French Canadian counterparts decided to. They were the only ones that decided no, everyone to stay went, in. Everybody went. The oh, first so day. they did went. Mm-hmm. Okay, because I so remember you mostly stayed ahead of them on the hike, but a couple of times they passed uh-huh. you or got close when you got tired. And I don't know where I got the steam for that, but um, I I, I man, basically everybody's talking about how great it was, and I just got serious uh, fear of missing out, FOMO. And that's what encouraged me to go and look at this lake. And I'm glad, I'm really glad I did. Yeah. It, the trek up there may have been like one of the steepest sections. It's definitely mm-hmm. rough. Yes. Like the trail because it's steep. And I guess because it's a lake, water rushes down and it probably comes down the trail and erodes it. So it was rocky and definitely very steep. Yes. And and so it was because it was steep, it was demanding. Um, at other points, it was flat, dry, but rocky. That was like at the very first, right, when we had to go up and we paralleled that stream. Yeah, so there's some parts of it that that, that are flat, dry, and rocky. And so we they actually had crews of men out there wetting the road to protect hikers from all the dust that we otherwise would have encountered in yeah. those areas. Um, so I remember so, asking him. I was the one that asked Roger. I'm like, what are they doing? He's like, I'm just keeping the dust down. Because yeah. I thought they were like building or like working on a dam or something. Mm-hmm. And he's like, no, nah, they're just doing it for the hikers. Yeah, so that was interesting too to see and and hear Mm -hmm. but it's also kind of like so amazing to see this river flow through all these rocks yeah definitely um so we also have a picture of that and a little wooden bridge that we had to cross uh not not any wooden bridge it was a couple of logs literally that you have to walk over yeah and if you i don't know if you remember but if you go yourself i mean you just go up right because it's in a valley but they have these big concrete like red markers that actually will help point you in the way so they're like Karens, but giant and like concrete made. <laughs> Do you remember them? No. Yeah, because I remember asking about him and he was like, it just shows you the way. Okay. So when we arrived, we were instantly rewarded for pushing ourselves that day. Yeah. And so we really recommend anybody that has the option to see Lake Umantai, push yourself and go see it. Mm-hmm. It is beautiful like as soon as you get there it's easily the most beautiful scene i've seen in my life and to this day i keep it as a desktop background picture okay and there are a lot of people so there's plenty of room to get photographs you may have to wait your turn a little bit but there there are quite a few people there as well 
yeah, what greets you is a background of a snow-covered peak with the valley of green forming as it comes towards you. And at the front and center is a lake with water so pure um, that you can see the various shades of blue and green and the rocks beneath the water. It's so beautiful. I even thought about dipping my feet in the water, especially at that point when you first arrive mm. and you're like so hot and you're like, it can't hurt for me to put my feet in there. And then I'm like, wait a minute, this is glacial glacial water. I should probably not do that Yeah. Um, it, it, because it's probably frigid. Um, but I do remember seeing some people being brave enough to dip in there. put our hands in it. Do you yeah, remember? eventually we did, but but I remember like some people were go, were Waiting. brave enough to like Probably. go in there. I'm sure it felt good on their feet. Yeah, but just because Linda said it, that it's pure for all my backpackers and hikers out there, it's still wildlife and um, livestock. So don't make the mistake that you know Guardia and things may not be in it. So pure does not mean absence of virus, right. protozoans, and bacteria. So don't just drink out of it. You know, filter it or boil it. Good point. Yeah, and that never even crossed my mind. It never crossed my mind to try to drink that. Yeah. And it seemed like we were there too briefly. Uh, it must it, have been at least an hour. Maybe, but it was later in the day too. It was like right. sunsetting. And if I could do it again, I definitely think that one, for sure would have my drone with me. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I could get some footage of that. But two, I think it'd be really cool, if not going in a group, if we were just to do it alone, to take the uh, the very small pack raft with me. Yeah. And have been able to take that out and just gone into the lake and taken a look back towards the mountains. I'm sure it's created by like some sort of waterfall or something. So I think that would have been very cool to explore. Right. Further back in. Nice. Mm-hmm. So if you do a solo trip and you, you go by yourself and you're brave, that's some of the stuff that I may recommend getting a, a really lightweight pack raft like I've got, like the climate mm-hmm. or taking a drone or both if you can. I wonder if there's maybe some sites there at, at Sodai Pampa where you could rent one of those things to take to Lake Umantai. I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know for sure, but I don't think so. Um, so we I remember having a delicious snack there as well. Um, at, at the at, lake? At the lake, yeah. I don't remember having yeah, a snack Yeah, I there. specifically remember having a delicious avocado sandwich, <laughs> which is so weird because I don't remember a lot of things, but I remember that. I don't think we had stuff, so yeah. maybe you had Roger, like a No, leftover? Roger brought snacks. Huh, okay. Maybe you missed out. Maybe. Uh, and so... We, because I remember doing this in, independently from you. And by the way, thank you for lending me um, your extra layers. Because in the pictures, you're only wearing your orange shirt. Yeah. So I can only guess that you were lending me some of your layers. Maybe. Uh, so probably fairly warm from hiking up. Yeah. But I do remember feeling very cold at some point. Oh, yeah. In, in there. Yeah. Hmm. Um, which is why I think I started eating at that point. I was like, this is probably good. It might help me if I eat. I don't know. I don't okay. know why I thought that, but I, I, remember thinking it helped um and then uh we had a a group photo session as Mm -hmm. well um there's actually like a big old rock there that a lot of people like using for pictures and that's what we did yep um but the sun was getting close to setting and we needed to head back to the camp before it got dark so yeah i was a little sad to leave the site but i was excited to get home and if you go solo and you've got some experience with that kind of stuff you could probably stay up there yeah, I don't with know. With a headlamp and come back down when you want it. Yeah, but, you know, keep in mind it's a very steep yeah. climb as well. That's why I said if you've got some experience. Yeah. Like I could have done it. So um, I was I was so excited to get home, in fact, that I somehow, or not home, but to the campsite, that I somehow got the steam to lead the pack on the way back. And that was the only time I did that. And it's probably just because it was a downhill trail. <laughs> yeah, it's downhill and it's steep and it, it's still fairly hard. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I was just eager to get back to the campsite and, and frankly, just to go to bed. Um, once we got back to the camp, we had a delicious warm dinner in a tent. Mm-hmm. And we got ready to go to sleep. Yeah. You all took showers too. Not at that one. Mm-hmm. You could go into that little house where the restroom was that was attached to the people that own the campsite? No, that wasn't it. You're thinking about uh, really? two or three nights later. Yeah. Okay. I thought they also had a shower that some people used. No, not at this one. This was just a campsite. Huh? So no one had a shower that first night? No, we I'm didn't. surprised. Yeah. You were all babies about taking showers. Oh my God. Anyway, <laughs> so we, we got back to the camp and yeah, after our, our dinner and and getting ready to sleep. At some point that night, I remember getting up to use the restroom. And this is why I recommend you guys uh, take those. Um, if you if you take them, take some light sandals, like swimmer sandals, because that like if you need to do a random restroom um, uh, walk at the middle of the night, it just helps. Um, I remember I took my um, like thong like sandals. And so when you're wearing socks and you're trying to just really quickly go to the restroom, it's it's not the best way. So anyway, um, I remember like struggling as I'm walking back and forth from the um, tent to the restroom, but there was this moment where I paused just to admire the moon shining over the site, and I'd never seen such clear skies and snow-capped mountains, and I just felt so lucky to witness such quiet and beauty. Um, I wish I could share that moment with you, but unfortunately, I didn't have a camera um, that I knew how to capture that amazing scene with. All I can tell you is that it energized me and motivated me to continue the journey on for day two. And then another just piece of administrative data. For the the first night, it's actually the coldest. You'll be up the highest that you've been. Mm -hmm. And so I think that it's around 32 degrees is what they say it'll be the nightly temperatures, give or take. So they recommend wearing your layers and things like that inside your sleeping bag. So just be prepared for the coldest night. Right, right. Um. Jared, do you have anything else to add about day one of Sock and Tie? No, I think that's it. Um, just get ready to meet your new group unless you go solo. Um, and just be open to looking at all the great views in an amazing aqueduct. Yeah, great advice. And we hope this episode has inspired you to explore some of nature's most magnificent mountains or lakes in the future. Mm-hmm. If you like what you heard, don't forget to visit our website, adventureswithbg.com, or look us up on Instagram and Facebook at Adventures with BG. And don't forget to stay safe as you wander into the woods.